Could leasing a car actually be the more frugal choice? We've got fascinating new data on the buy versus lease debate with guest co-host Newsweek Executive Editor Diane Harris back here to break it all down with us and to share what you, our money friends, had to say on the topic as well. That and so much more on this edition of Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, host of the Financial Grown-Up podcast, coming to you from my very grown-up kitchen in New York City. And I'm Diane Harris, Newsweek executive editor and the former editor-in-chief of Money Magazine, coming to you from my home office in Montclair, New Jersey. This is the Money News Show that includes commentary on recent headlines and stories with thought leaders from across the financial landscape. Like Diane Harris, we break those stories down into what matters to you, our friends, and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. And big thanks to Bestow for supporting Money with Friends. Bestow is term life insurance that is 100% online, never requires a medical exam. Prices start at just $3 a month. How do you get it? You apply at hellobestow.com forward slash MWF. That is hellobestow.com forward slash MWF. My friend, Diane Harris, this is your, at least your last regular show recording for Money with Friends. We've loved having you. I'm both so happy and so sad at the same time. This is very bittersweet. It's been a wonderful experience. You have a great show and a great audience, and it's been a delight to be a part of it. And I love that you're teasing me with that, you know, uh, I might, I might ever be back again, but you have me as a money friend for life. Oh, thank you so much. What has been, um, what's your big takeaway before we get to our takeaways at the end of the show from this experience? Uh, I guess the big takeaway is that um, a podcast like this one, the way that you do it makes, um, brings a human element to managing money, um, a common sense but empathetic approach to managing money that I think uh, is key to really helping people. It, it's the empathy and compassion for what people are going through, plus the smarts. Um, and that approach to talking to people about money is something that I will take away from this experience. Well, we will miss you, but we've got you for one more show now. Let's see which one of our friends is going to bring us into the headline today. Just like hanging out and talking about money news, that's why I tune in with Money with Friends. Okay, this last story that we are going to do with Diane Harris as a regular thought leader um, comes to us from our mutual friend, Liz Weston, who is at NerdWallet. And the title is, When Leasing a Car is the More Frugal Option. Car buying has changed enough over the years that leasing may no, no longer be the costliest choice. If you need a car, the most frugal option is to buy one that is two to three years old, pay cash, and drive it until the wheels fall off. The least frugal option traditionally has been leasing, where you make monthly payments to drive a car, but don't own it. You're paying for the vehicle during its most expensive period. Cars lose more than half of their value on average in the first three years, and you have nothing to show for your payments after the lease ends. Few people opt for the frugal way, however, and car buying has changed enough that leasing may no longer be the costliest option. In some situations, leasing could be the most sensible. Costlier cars, longer loans is the next 
brief headline. To understand why, let's survey the U.S. automotive landscape. Americans are buying more expensive cars, financing larger amounts, and taking out longer loans. Americans are increasingly opting for SUVs and trucks over sedans. Then they spring for higher trim levels, more features than in the past, says Ron Montoya, senior consumer advice editor for car comparison site Edmunds. The average purchase price for a new car in November was 57000 No, I'm sorry, 37000 uh, I lost my place, everybody. Um, but anyway, I'm sorry, that is $4,699 more than the comparable figure from 2014, according to Edmunds. Consumers stretch out their loans to get lower monthly payments. Most buyers now opt for loans longer than five years. Even so, the average monthly payment is still a hefty $568, up from $492 five years ago. Leasing a similarly priced car would cost significantly less each month. Quote, you could probably get something for about $400 a month least easily, Montoya says. So making that lease versus buy calculation is the next section of the story. On paper, buying still comes out ahead, mostly because you'll own the car with some equity at the end of the loan. But such apples-to-apples comparisons of a six-year car loan versus two three-year leases leave out a lot of important details, such as repair and maintenance bills. These costs tick up as a car ages, and warranties, which cover most repair and maintenance costs, usually end at three years. The expense normally wouldn't be enough to make leasing the cheaper option unless people don't have savings and use a credit card or a payday loan. That describes a whole lot of people in the U.S., where two out of five adults don't have $400 to cover an emergency expense, according to the Federal Reserve. Plus, if you don't have money for a down payment, it's much easier to get a lease than a loan, Montoya says. Another issue is that new car buyers often don't hang on to their vehicles long enough to get the most value from their purchase. Ideally, you would keep the car for many payment-free years. What about buying used? That's still the most financially sound way to get into a vehicle since you're letting the first owner take the depreciation hit. It's less sound, though, when people finance the car with a long loan, as many do. The average used car loan is 67.5 months, almost as long as the 69.3-month average for new cars. That was actually a big surprise to me, kind of Mm -hmm. shocking. By the time you're done with the loan, it's a nine-year-old car, Montoya says. So when is leasing best? Leasing is usually better than buying when you're affluent and want a car, new car every few years. Money is tight and you need the predictability of a car that's under warranty. You're acquiring a new electric vehicle since the tax credits that encourage people to buy these cars new also contribute to faster than average depreciation. If you finance an electric vehicle, you may end up underwater owing more than the car is worth, whereas depreciation is already factored into the cost of a lease, says Jeff Bartlett, deputy auto editor at Consumer Reports. The most frugal way to lease is to avoid the temptation to upgrade, since the same payment already gets you to a more expensive car. Instead, lease the same car you could afford to buy and save the difference. You can also lease used cars at some dealerships or using a lease trading site. 
One way to combine the advantage of leasing and buying used, Montoya says, is to buy your car at the end of its lease. Ideally, you would do that with cash or a loan of three years or less. You're the previous owner, so you know how well it was taken care of, and you have nice access to a great used car. So what do you think? You were surprised by a lot of this. I, I was surprised by a lot. Well, I, I don't know that I was surprised by a lot of it. I was certainly surprised by uh, by the loans that people take out for used cars, which definitely changes the equation. But what was most intriguing to me about this story was the way it sort of turned conventional wisdom on its ear. Not, you know, not throwing out the you know, the expression, the baby with the bathwater, but just really examining it. And it seems to me a key factor here is this lengthening of car loans. You know, it used to be that a three-year loan was what you did for a car. And now with these longer five, six-year loans, it really changes the buy versus lease equation. That's yes. a big deal. It is a big deal because what they're trying to do is get the monthly payments down to a number that people can live with, but they're not really understanding that then you never really have a time when you have no payment. And when, you, when you're done with it, there's not as much equity in the car. So it changes a lot of the math. And that's why the theory of this article is resonating with some people. Um, we do tape this live in front of a Facebook audience. And we have Johnny with us here who has a comment. Diane, do you want to see that? You want to read that? Yeah. Yeah. Johnny says, cars are like cell phones. You pay a premium for new features, but are those features worth it? And that's that's a really great point. One of the surprises to me in this story was learning that people are really opting for all of those new features and the upgrades. Um, you know, that, that was a surprise to me, as was the fact that people are going back to SUVs. That's interesting. So I, I actually would take the opposite. So we, we looked at, um, we bought a car, I think six or seven years ago and, and we looked at used SUVs. We have, I have three kids and we have sports equipment and all the things. So we had to get a big car, but we were, we wanted to buy a used car. And what we found, and maybe it was just, we were at an inflection point with technology was that the older cars really couldn't accommodate the kind of technology use that we wanted. They didn't have, um, you know, the ability for us to plug in, you know, and charge, um, uh, devices the way that is it, as much as a family of five wanted. They didn't have some of the amenities that we felt we would want over the lifespan of the car. And we keep our cars till they die. So we've got this car, I think six or seven years. We'll probably have it, you know, another 10 years. We don't drive that much coming from New York City. So because we were looking at such a long lifespan, we did end up going for a new car because of the amenities. So there's different ways to look at it. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe another reason that I like this story was because um, I have leased. I, I, you know, I own my cars now, but they were originally leases. We have two cars um, that we share be between four people in, in my household. And the cars were originally leases. Um, like you, we drive them into the ground and they are both one I think is nine years and the other is 10. Um, and they're still going strong. And, um, and so for us at the time that we leased, leasing worked for us, but we did want to get out of the monthly payments. And when the leases were up, we bought them out. Yeah, there's something psychological. I was strangely really happy when we were done. We didn't have a long loan, but when we were done, I was really happy <laughs> to not have that payment. It felt, yeah. very, it felt like a weight off my shoulder, even though it wasn't a huge payment and it wasn't for that many years. I love the fact that we have no payments on our car and that I hope it will last us a long time more. Um, 
Let's do one more comment from our Facebook audience, and then we're going to go to our Instagram polls. Um, Tammy is here. Do you want to read that, Diane? Sure. Tammy is saying, I totally get the buy used concept, but because we see our cars for for at least 200,000 miles, we have almost always bought new, pay them off no later than five years, and never have more than one car payment at a time. See, I think putting those personal rules in place is brilliant. Yeah. I think that that you have to figure out what works for your family under your particular circumstances and 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 drive your own path. I totally uh-huh. agree. I like that. Thank you, Tammy, for your comments. Let's go to our Instagram poll, which people participated by following us at Money Friends Pod. Diane, we asked our audience, we said, let's talk about cars, the big debate to buy or to lease. So how many, what percentage said buy and what percentage said lease? And for our audience, Diane does never it does not know the answer ahead of time. She's flying blind here. I'm putting her on the spot. I am. And I'm just, I'm putting a little spin on it because uh, your audience, I think, is money savvy. I'm going to say 78% said buy. So, so far, the poll's been out there only for a few hours, but it's been 98% buy. Wow. Really? Yeah. I was really, really shocked. I was shocked. Um, So it's really been a landslide that our audience, at least, are buyers. But maybe when they hear this, they'll reconsider leasing. I mean, I do think that leasing has become a lot more affordable. And of course, it depends what you lease for how long, all the terms. And and, and the same thing with buying. There's so many different variables. We also asked our audience um, to tell us more about this, you know, their answers, basically. Do you want to read some of those, Diane? Yeah, absolutely. So Vincent Cipollone, and sorry if I'm butchering your name, my first two cars were Saturns with salvage titles. They lasted long enough and cost little. Trinidad Ashland, certified pre-owned at five years, but pay extra monthly. Will never purchase new. M. Armstrong, 89, buy, put too many miles on car per year, but we also keep cars. Current car, five years. Prior car, 10 years. Shane Imler says, you never end up with equity when you lease and you always have a payment. Invest in peach, used. It depreciates in value too much. And and Indy Kulchek, new, used, two to three years old. And I'll just add a couple more. We had... um Let's see. Broke doctor's wife said, buy used, pay with cash. And full of gunk said, I have mostly bought new, but I hold the car for 10 plus years and never do more than a five-year loan. And then I am the real spoon said, buy used and with cash because cars only lose value. And Yasla said, if you can't afford to buy the whole car, you can't afford to lease, apply rule to anything. So basically saying universally, if you can't afford it, you can't afford it. Yeah. 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 That's true and a hard lesson for most people to apply in their own lives. Yes, absolutely. Um, Before we get to our takeaways, I just want to thank Bestow for supporting this episode of Money with Friends. Life insurance is really important. It's something everyone, it's the beginning of the year, guys. It's something everyone should be sort of checking in on and making sure that you have the right amount of, and certainly that you have it to begin with. Everyone needs it. Um, It's very important. The process though you know, it just shouldn't take forever. And that's why a lot of people don't have it because there's so many obstacles in the past. So for example, it can be really, you know, you could take a long time. They have to wait for a medical exam and then, you know, the long wait, and then you don't even get the price what you expected. So it's kind of been a mess, but we have Bestow now. 
And that's good because we have other things to do. Bestow makes it easy. Bestow offers term life insurance that is 100% online. They never require a medical exam ever. Prices start at, get this, $3 a month. Policies are available for two, 10, and 20 years. Personally, in the whole set it and forget it mindset, and also because generally time flies and you you want a longer term, I I would consider the 20 year, I think that's just a better, safer way to do to do that. When I've bought life insurance, we've bought 20 years. No need to put in name, email, phone number in order to get a quote. So they make it so easy. Um, to get your quote today, you're gonna feel better by the way, because you have the coverage you need. You can apply at hellobestow.com. That is hello, B-E-S-T-O-W.com forward slash M-W-F. And they will send it, they will, uh, let them know that we sent you by using our link. That's what I meant to say. I have a little bit of marble mouth today, Diane, but it is time for takeaways. Do you want to go first or do you want to have the final word today? Uh, you know what? Why don't you go first? All right. Well, okay. I've always been adamant about buying when it comes to cars, even though I totally get that it appreciates. But you know what? I grew up in a family that held cars for pretty much their entire lifespan when I was growing up. But the math is relevant here, and it did make me think about buying pre-owned for sure. As for leasing, it makes sense to do an honest assessment and consider how your car experience will evolve. Are you going to be financing for a long time if you're buying and potentially be underwater in terms of the car value when you trade in that car? And are you concerned with costs, being able to afford things like maintenance? Um, You know, read this piece again. We have the link in our Money with Friends podcast website and think it through and do the math and don't just be automatic about this. Really consider what the best option is for you at this point in your life. Yeah, um, so so I'm going to play off that last part and here's my final takeaway of my Money with Friends experience. Whether you're talking about buying versus leasing a car or really any type of financial transaction or goal, Don't assume that the advice that's generally right for most people is right for you. Maybe there are factors unique to your circumstances that change the equation. Always run the numbers to personalize the decision and come up with the option that makes the most sense for you, not the average Joe or Jane. Often the conventional wisdom will turn out to be right, but not always. I like that. It's important to really continue to always evaluate things. So I yeah, think that's and, very wise. And keep it personal to you. Like you're unique. You are a snowflake. And you know, and and so you want to make sure that that the solution fits the very uniqueness of you. I love that. This has been so wonderful having you. Tell us more about what you'll be doing in 2020, Diane. Well, in 2020, I know one thing that I'm going to be doing is listening to the new season of Money with Friends and all your upcoming thought leaders. I'm so um, interested and excited to hear who your next lineup will be. This has been a tremendous experience and you have a lifelong fan in me. Oh, thank you so much, Diane. Well, you have made, I am a lifelong fan of you and you now have even more fans with our Money with Friends audience who will continue to follow you. Tell us more about where people can keep up with everything that you're doing at Newsweek and Diane Harris yourself. Yeah, well, so definitely follow us at newsweek.com and uh, I'm thrilled to be part of that team and you can follow me personally at on Twitter at Diane Harris and Instagram Diane J Harris is my handle and you know encourage me to use Instagram more I'm I'm a little late to the party and uh, trying to up my game there as well 
Well, we have loved having you. We also, by the way, we taped this in front of a Facebook Live audience. So thank you to everyone that's joined us. Johnny, Kimberly, Tammy. Um, yes. And my phone just rang, of course. Gregory. Okay. Ron, so many wonderful friends. Justin is here with us. So thank you all. You're so much of what makes it special to have our thought leaders like Diane being with us and um, contributing so much to the show. This has been so special. I mean, I remember just being in, you know, awe that you um, would be part of our little growing show and the show has really taken off. Thanks to to you and our other thought leaders. Um, I mean, it's just been the, the value you bring to the show is priceless. So we thank you so much and I hope everyone thank will you. follow you and keep up with you. Thank you, Bobby. I really, really have loved being part of this. Thanks. Thanks for having me. And um, everyone, as I said, follow Diane, follow us on our social handles at Money Friends Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. And we look forward to talking with you. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Joe will be back tomorrow with another thought leader. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. This show is created and hosted by Joe Saul Sihai and Bobby Rebel and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2019. Taylor Eichenberg engineered this show and Ashley Wall is the producer. For a list of our friends who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other video or podcast without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with another episode of Money with Friends.